Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. It's been a growing trend over the last couple of years that we've been seeing pronouns being put up next to people's names, at work, at school, wherever. As discussion around gender becomes more and more prevalent within society, we as Catholics need to learn how to approach these conversations. And it's okay if you don't know. It's okay to wonder how you should handle these situations or how immoral you are or aren't being in your pursuit to love your neighbor. On today's episode, Andrew and I try to unpack these questions and we offer our own opinion on how we would approach these conversations. Andrew? I need you to start this episode by asking me if I have any big news to share. Do you have any big news to share? I do. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem. Um, so I got a dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> you had no idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I adopted a dog he, just, last week, just last weekend, and uh, his name is Bran. He's, a, he's almost four years old. He's a mini doodle. He's really small, like nine, nine, sorry, nine pounds, um, and he's chilling in my condo den right now. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited just to have a dog and I wanted to share that news to all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, first week has been interesting. It's been a lot of fun. Honestly, it's, he's, yeah. I mean, I think you were saying that like he's pretty well behaved. He and, is, yeah. Um, he took a liking to you, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> I was a little worried whether or not he would because sometimes he'll just bark at random people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, some, some potty training is required, I think. Um, he's, he's, I think for the most part, like I would say 85% of the time he's good. Well, I think like potty training is like part of the course of getting a dog, anyways. Right? Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. So, um, no, I'm I'm happy, and you guys might hear him in the background of of our podcast uh, if he's running around inside my den. But um, no, I just wanted to share that. Uh, a lot of people were asking me, like, you know, um, when I was going through the adoption process, so like, which um, which breed are you getting, yeah. or like, you know, um, are you getting a big dog or a small dog? And those are the usual questions. Yeah. Um, usually, like. When, whenever, because I, since I adopted mine, I was pretty open-minded just yeah. in terms of like, it doesn't really matter to me which breed. Totally. I think I preferred a small to medium-sized dog anyway. Okay. I got a really small dog at nine pounds. Yeah. But, um, yeah, another common question was like, oh, like, do you prefer a guy or a girl? Yeah. And I, I, so I, the answer I gave at the time was like, oh, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I still don't, but I realized after getting Bran, who is a guy, was a boy, um, that most of my friends who have dogs, I think they're all female dogs. So like I'm used to handling like, um, female dogs. So mm. like, yeah, when I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different when you pick up a male dog and, and there's something in between the legs. So, <laughs> it was a surprise to me, something for me to get used to. Um, but you have not had that experience yet of having to pick him up in that way. So no. Uh, and, and I mean, I <laughs> I don't think you will. Oh, I think I'll see it coming now. But like, that's, I really didn't see that one. Like you, <laughs> you go in there. It's okay. Um, but yeah, on the topic of guys and girls, I wanted to uh, uh, to let everyone know that today we're talking about gender and pronouns. Yeah, um, that's that's something that um, I think has been prevalent more and more in our society today. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, whenever you go into work or at school, you go into LinkedIn. 
and you see people's, um, you know, they have their names and then they have their pronouns yeah. in brackets after that. I think that was something that has popped into, you know, both of our heads, but your head more recently. Yeah. Um, that we were like, let's do an episode on this. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's an interesting area to navigate, right? And I think just in general, um, I, I guess like hot button topics, when they kind of really creep into to life, um, make us kind of wonder, like, how, how do we approach all of this anyways, right? So yeah. I think that's why we want to talk about yeah exactly exactly just because i think yeah i've had a lot of friends ask me um just like share their experiences you know some are as teachers some just in the corporate office like you and me and we're just like how comfortable should i be with this how do i approach this how do i address these people um or yeah like the situation in general Mm -hmm. um and so i think really the central question of our episode today is just you know how should we address the trend of people who are yeah coming up with the pronouns um and and you know having all of these things just in brackets after their names yeah, right yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. really what we're talking about today and i think you know all these people who are asking these questions who include ourselves yeah um who probably include you the listeners uh we want to let you know first and foremost it's not wrong to feel awkward about this situation. yeah it, it's weird right and i think i think in general um, being Catholic in society, especially these days, it just feels so much like um, the landscape's always changing. You can't really get your footing. And it's just like, you know, sometimes you just wonder like, man, like what's going on? How do I approach this? And and that feeling of awkwardness, I think definitely that's something we really want to approach today because um, both of us have had those situations. And, and we I guess want you guys to know like um, you're not alone in that. Um, don't feel sorry about it. It's, it's totally cool. Um, but hopefully us having this conversation today will be helpful to you guys with this particular, I guess, situation. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple extremes, I guess, in terms of how, you know, someone in this position can approach these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. So on one side, you know, you can just straight up just totally ignore the trend, uh, maybe even go into a bit of denial, um, or it's just straight up being stubborn about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's more so what we would be getting at in terms of like, you could just be stubborn and refuse to... Um, give any kind of ear to to what's going on around us yeah um, and, and you ignore all the, the potential consequences after that so I think that's one extreme mm-hmm. I think the second extreme is more so you know you're probably thinking about like whether or not you're compromising the teachings of the church right like yeah. are you like being very scrupulous and conscientious of like you know asking these questions of like um, how sinful am I being right or um, how, how careful should I be? Should I, should I acknowledge this at all? Right? Like it's just constant questioning. You have no idea what to do, Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, again, both of these, um, situations slash if you're in the middle, it's okay to not know what to do. It's okay to be like, I think this is where I lean. Um, and on that note, Andrew and I, you know, we'll kind of lay the groundwork in terms yeah. of, I think maybe a lot of different factors to think through. Sure. But I think towards the end of the episode, we'll probably also kind of give our own leanings and, and opinions on, on this particular topic, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, what we do in a podcast anyway. But <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, it, it's okay to not know where you stand, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's go down this second road first, right? Uh, you know, do you think this is sinful? I think it really depends on approach, right? So when we look at sin, a really, a really big piece of it is knowing what's wrong and then making the decision to do it. So that, that's a really big piece here. So just objectively that you approach a, situa- a situation a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it's, it is or isn't a sin, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing to get out of the way is like, you know, don't look back at all the different things that have happened you're like, and be like, oh my goodness, like I've sinned 15 times in, in this circumstance because you need to know what to sin and do it for it to really be 
considered a, a grievous sin. Um, but I think um, kind of along those lines, uh, approach really matters here, right? Um, so on the side of kind of maybe let's say going with the trend, and you know Jason says uh, I am I am a he him, or or someone you meet says I am a they her, mm-hmm. um, and you call them by those names. Uh, are you doing so out of charity and respect for the other person, or are you doing so because yeah? I affirm that you should be able to decide what that is for yourself. I think that's really the central question too. Like, am I sinning when I do go in that direction? Because I think the act in and of itself does not necessitate one or the other, uh, but the meaning behind it has very different consequences or very different, I guess, like repercussions in terms of the way that you're approaching the topic. Yeah, two very different mentalities there, right? Like the yeah. second one is straight up just I'm supporting this whole, you know, the movement, the cause. I. I am actually directly opposing, you know, the church teachings and yeah. that's what I that's what I am choosing conscientiously to do. First one is more so if you're approaching it from a charitable point of view, you know, your intent probably maybe in the bigger picture or the long term is to be like, you know, this is a brother and sister in Christ that I have. Exactly. Um I pray that, you know, this is someone that um now or in the future whether God wills it um, I will be an instrument for this person yeah, to, to re-enter the Catholic Church in some way totally. or, to, or to encounter the Catholic Church. Right? Totally, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I, I think ultimately, you know, we should always try to be charitable. We should yeah. always try to be loving. Like I said, recognizing that each and every one of us is a um, son and daughter of God. Totally. And I think, you know, like from that perspective, um, I don't think this is necessarily different from any other, any other sin, right? Um, mm-hmm. from the standpoint yeah. of, you know, you, you don't come out and start shaming someone about their sin right off the bat. You don't go and say like, wow, like you suffer with like this truthfulness. Like mm-hmm. I'm never talking to you. Like you're awful. Like you don't come out that way in general, you know, whether it be friends, family, anyone really, what we do is we try to build the relationship first and then we encourage, mm-hmm. right? You encourage on the right path versus, uh, kind of incriminating or, 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 um, there's a better word there, but, um, Rather than kind of accusing other people, them. condemning them, yeah, exactly, um, and, and saying that like I sit on the judge's seat, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I think that's really, really big. Is you know how can I approach this whole overall situation in a way that loves the other first, and then um, the fuller definition of loving being how can I now bring you to the truth that I know being in the church. On the opposite side of that, it would be if you're super stubborn, right, and you're just most likely going to turn the person away from the church. You totally. might just close that door even firmer. Yeah, exactly. More firmly exactly. than, than uh, <laughs> otherwise, right? So yeah. uh, I think kind of, you know, if we move on to kind of the next question, it's kind of like, you know, the bigger topic here is, you know, why do there have to be two genders, right? Yeah. That's what the Catholic Church is teaching. Um, and probably the very first question for anyone who is struggling with this teaching or anyone outside of the church, mm-hmm. they're going to come to us and be like, you know, we are all people and we just want to love one another and we just want to feel like however it is that we feel like we should feel. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. And so, you know, I don't want to be trapped in this or, or, or confined to this box of just being a male or just being a female. Sure. Why can't I have or identify with these different kinds of genders? Why do, why does the Catholic church only have two genders or yeah. teach that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, at the at the base of this, uh, from a Catholic perspective, really is the fact that we are created, right? And, and that life itself is a gift. So mm-hmm. what I mean here is really to, like, go back and realize that, like, we exist not because of ourselves. 
right? And we didn't make that choice. And in that way, like the way that we exist isn't really our choice in mm-hmm. that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a humility there, right? There's a humility there to understand that my life was given to me um, by someone else, right? All of the features about me have been given to me um, and that these are beautiful things, you know? It's, it's really um, accepting that first and doing so with uh, kind of that humble heart and understanding uh, you know, what am I meant to, to do with this, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really the question that we that we reach at that point. But if we start off by saying, well, no, I don't think I was created this way. I think I was created that way. Um, that almost doesn't compute in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Because we weren't part of the picture when we were created. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't us who decided how we were created. So um, really we're the only ones who can't get it wrong in, in some senses, right? Sure. I know it sounds weird to say it like that, but but really at the end of the day, it was someone else who created us. It was our parents who conceived us. It was God who gave us life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's his decision and for us to learn to recognize that versus the other way around, I think. I think I would also expand even just on understanding the beauty of our sexuality, that, mm-hmm. you know, God made us male, God made us female. Um, I think thinking about just the divine planning that he put into making our bodies so beautiful such that both of them are life-giving, Yeah. right? Uh, nothing else in this world is, can you truly say, is life-giving, Yeah. right? And like, what a beautiful thing that is. And so I think if I can almost summarize it, it's almost first, you know, trying to understand how uh, again, how beautiful it is that we were created male and female, mm-hmm. that, um, that you know, it's not just, it's not just where, uh, the Catholic church is teaching you to, you know, accept this because this is who you are. That's it. We're forcing it down your throat. Yeah. Obviously it's not that it's more so, um, just understanding, uh, the beauty of the complementary compliment, how complementary <laughs> the male and female body, um, are. Um, and again, just the divine planning that went into it to make that beauty. And then that first step of understanding the second step of, I think, humility, you know, if you're struggling with this, right, no one is going to tell you that, like, again, no one is condemning you. Yeah. Right. We, we, we know that like, you know, Andrew and I, I guess we haven't been in your shoes. Yeah. Right. If you're struggling with this. And so we can't truly uh, understand or empathize, but at the same time, we, we still, love you as a brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. Um, and if anything, we want to bring you closer to the truth, I yeah. think is what I would say. And so again, nothing about ramming this down your throat, but understanding and then having the humility to, you know, say within your heart, within your struggle, be like, Hey Lord, I'm really struggling with this, but I want to open myself up to understanding and I want to open myself up to, um, yeah, you know, accepting that this is what your will was uh, as creator. Definitely. And I think, you know, I'm really glad you brought it back to beauty because at the end of the day, all of this, no matter what we're talking about within um, sexuality or otherwise, you know, whenever we talk about discernment, we always talk about like following the beauty. And I think that's kind of where understanding the beauty of sexuality really helps and unlocks that door. Um, it's a lot more than just... Uh, I guess even just saying that procreation happens in men and women is already oversimplifying it as beautiful as that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know we're going to get into it too, but you know, there's lots of things about male and female and the dynamic between them as well, which is something that gives life in so many different ways. Um, and it's something that uh, at the end of the day, by design is really, really beautiful and fruitful. Um, and it's, and it's something that just, you know, uh, 
if we are able to kind of take that step back, stop being the decider and be the follower, yeah, then we can really start to see that kind of peace, that joy kind of flow into our lives through the beauty. Mm -hmm. right? I think you and I have both experienced that. And that's really where we're hoping for you is that, you know, can we take the step back? Can we become a follower for a little bit and kind of see where this beauty can lead and how that can bring peace in my life? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, another way that we had kind of thought about uh, illustrating this whole thing was the role of the man and the woman. Do you mm -hmm. want to go into that a bit? Yeah. So I think, you know, the role of the man and the woman, particularly... Um, can be seen in a family, right? I think in a family structure, um, this is something that all of us kind of identify with at the yeah. end of the day um, in looking at our parents, right? To look to look back and see, you know, both the beautiful things about our parents and the wounds that we have in our parents. Mm -hmm. To see the places where there was, uh, my father is great and really strong and really leads our family, heads the charge, and where he maybe crosses that line and doesn't do that well or where my mother is really loving or maybe really not loving uh, and how that really wounds me. Mm -hmm. These are things that we see, I think, across the board in terms of just wounds that we all have in our lives from our parents succeeding or not as fathers and mothers. And I think this really kind of lays out for us exactly what we we're just talking about, that beauty of that design mm -hmm. where, um, you know, fathers and men in particular are, you know, have this a tendency, I guess, if you will, but have like the characteristics, the condition to be the man of the household mm -hmm. as kind of, uh, I guess, traditional and archaic as that can sound. There is something beautiful about having a strong father. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the same way, having a loving mother is something that's so central to a beautiful childhood. Um, and this is something I think all of us can really identify with. And this is something that necessarily is male and female, you know, having, you know, two men or two women, you know, not to say that they can never fill these roles, but they can't do it in the same way. You mm -hmm. know, um, a doting father is a beautiful thing, but doesn't come close to a mother's love. Mm -hmm. No matter what, as, as doting as your dad might be, it's not the same as when your mom gives you hugs mm -hmm. and kisses and just is like fussing over you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think built into all of this, we kind of start to see these little clues that male and female have these kind of built in roles in society. You already touched on this a bit, but, you know, we're almost obliged to say that, like, again, this is not to say that men don't want to be cherished yeah. or, like, you know, women can't be strong or leaders. But as you said, right, like, it's there is something beautiful when you have the, you know, the man and the woman in the roles that God designed for man and woman to be in. Yeah. Um, this is not a podcast episode to stereotype genders yeah. or to, again, force male and, and female into particular boxes, but... I think more so just um, trying to bring to light the the will of God, yeah, the will that our our creator design uh, our creator had when he was designing us, yeah, um, and and putting together this central structure uh, of the family, yeah, right, the the father, the mother, and and the life between them that they give uh, into into the child. Yeah, I, I think you know. Um... The best way to really kind of illustrate that is even saying that the man is to be strong and to be kind of that pillar for a family. That doesn't mean that the man is the angry one, that yeah. the man is the one who's the loudest in the room, right? There can be a gentle strength in a father mm -hmm. that really just shows itself and where the mother might be the one who's more outspoken. Mm -hmm. You know, this, I think we see this the world over, but at the end of the day, you know, you hear all these stories, even on like Facebook, where it's like, 
my dad didn't talk much, but he had a strength to him that I learned from. Sure. Yeah, you know? of course. And I think these are kind of us saying, you know, um, it, again, to your point, it doesn't have to be these stereotypes, but at the same time, you know, I think there is, um, I guess, a beauty in also validating your father as that strong person. Yeah. Uh, and a beauty to cherishing your mother as a loving person, right? Like I want to go back visit my mom to have her cooking again yeah there's something so nice about that that's a little bit different from going back and having your dad's cooking mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah like your dad loves to share it, but there's something different about yeah this is mom's this is mom's cooking exactly exactly and you know you and i are examples of that like between you and cherry you are the cook if i recall yeah. correctly right yeah. that doesn't mean you know god willing when you have children that they're gonna you know it, again just what you just drew out. It doesn't mean that they're going to like not look forward to, to Cherry's cooking as their mom. Yeah, if, exactly. if anything, it's just going to be more special because she is their mom. Exactly. Thing, right? exactly. So, um, and for me, you know, earlier on when you use another example, I am, anyone who knows me, I am not kind of your typical male patriarchal figure. I'm yeah. not outspoken or like, I'm not like handy or physically Super strong. Authoritative yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, and that's definitely something that I kind of had some insecurities about before um, in the past and probably even still do. But it does not necessarily mean that my future children, again, God willing, cannot look at me as someone who is strong or the yeah. leader of the household. I do it in probably hopefully different ways. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, as we kind of go through all these things, uh, we want to take a step back from kind of the deeper conversation and just throw out another reminder. Mm -hmm of you know anyone in this situation who is um you know who you know maybe you're struggling yourself maybe you are you have an audience of people who are going through this and you don't know how to address them and address this particular issue remember that you are not the church right mm -hmm. you are not the church um in the sense of like you don't have to feel the weight of the entire church on your shoulders uh and the pressure of representing the entire church uh, when you kind of, ha you don't have to be perfect in these situations, right? Yeah. Strive for it, learn, um, but you don't have to be perfect. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think oftentimes, you know, we can be tentative with our faith because we think that everyone will take what we say to be everything. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's an undue pressure. It's, it's unnecessary pressure to put on ourselves. Um, it's, you know, if you flip it a little bit, it's like saying that, you know, whatever I say, everyone thinks all Canadians think like me. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Um, so it's very much the same way. Uh, anyone who thinks that way, you know, to be frank, it's kind of their closed-mindedness. And that's a burden for them to work through, but that's not your fault. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, really just affirming for you guys, to Jason, your point, uh, don't feel that pressure, you know. Um, you can definitely preach the gospel in a very particular way, but one that's unique to you. It doesn't need to be well, let me tell you all of this catechesis that you need to know in your life. It can very much be, well, here are my experiences. This is how I kind of view the situation as best I can as, as, as where I'm formed as a Catholic. Similarly, like Andrew and I are kind of learning about this too, yeah. right? And like we had people teach us, we had people uh, point us to resources. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe you're looking towards this episode as a resource as well. Um, and you can go through the entire, the same journey that Andrew and I are going to going through too, right? Um, you can do your own research. You can look up, you know, uh, Catholic scholars and, and yeah, authorities and their YouTube videos and whatever, right? Um, same thing that we've done. So, you know, uh, no need to feel the pressure of representing the entire church. Definitely, definitely. Um, and so, you know, off the top, I had mentioned, you know, what are, if you're in this situation, right? 
Andrew and I have been kind of providing the groundwork and, you know, giving a bit of some guidance on, you know, how to think through this. Um, but I think diving into it a bit more practically, you know, what are some factors if you're in this situation that you can kind of think about, right? Because we're not you, we're not familiar with the situation that you're in, which is totally unique uh, to you, if, if it's something that is personal to you, uh, that you're going through personally, or if, again, if this would be personal as well, I guess, but if you have an audience of people uh, or a close relative or friend or whatnot. Or even someone at work. Should, yeah, exactly. That That is kind of going through this that you interact with and you're like, how do I approach this? Right. Yeah. So factors to think about. Um, first of all, you know, the relationship that you have to the person, right? Yeah. Is it a is it a work relationship, right? And you're not actually all that close to the person. You probably only have like a 30 minute meeting with them once a week or sure. something. And you don't have a, a close relationship with them. Or do you have a personal relationship with them, right? Because if you have a personal relationship with them, it means that you have a foundation of trust. If you have, it means you have more quote unquote permission to kind of enter into these conversations sure. with these kinds of people. Um, and in the flip side, if it is someone that you're not as close to, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't have that conversation. Yeah. But it does mean that you probably have to do a bit more groundwork to be like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Um, you know, hopefully we can have a really open mind conversation, etc. Definitely. I think I think really what we're getting at here is where or how much of um, your love for each other in that kind of friend capacity has already been laid out in this relationship, right? If it's someone at work, like you said, who you kind of deal with only about work things, there isn't really that personal relationship where you can actually give your give of yourself and love the other person in a way that can really just be groundwork where, where they know you're coming from a place of love, mm -hmm. right? Versus a personal relationship, more typically, you already have a little bit of that, right? That, you know, that understanding that as a friend, I love you and I want the best for you. Exactly. And so, you know, how... I guess like understanding that piece will help you understand how much of that exact layer of, Hey, I'm coming from a place of love. Do you need to establish? Mm -hmm. Second thing to think about, uh, just your own knowledge in the area mm -hmm. of, you know, gender pronouns of obviously the whole LGBTQ plus, um, and, and all of those things and what the Catholic church teaches on, on all of those things. Um, you know, just because, yeah, if you have more rudimentary knowledge or perhaps no knowledge and no exposure at all, yeah. it's a little bit harder for you to kind of enter into that discussion and be like, hey, this is what the church teaches or this yeah. is my, um, you know, this is my educated uh, understanding of it. It's yeah. harder for you to kind of be like that, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, all you can really say is like the church says this is bad and like you suck. <laughs> it's, and it's obviously not going to go well, yeah. right? So definitely, you know, if you want to have this conversation out of love, then you also need to be ready to journey with the person, I think is another way of putting it. And there's a certain level of knowledge that you need to have before you can really journey with someone. Exactly. Uh, number three, so the setting in which this is brought up, right? Uh, if you are on a team call at work and this is brought up in front of 10 people... <laughs> probably not the place. <laughs> probably not the right place to be like, hey, uh, let's talk about your pronouns here or whatever. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm a big fan of one-on-one -on -one conversations. Definitely. Um, and so, you know, perhaps if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with, again, whether it's someone at work, whether it's someone you have a close relationship with, um, I feel like that's a good rule of thumb to go by. Yeah. Well, and another way of thinking of it too is, you know, going back to points, whatever you need to do to make sure it comes from a place of love. So if it's a friend in a group of friends, having all the friends sure. there in a way that might maybe is not intimidating, but really obviously loving yeah. could also be a great thing. Um, so to not feel the pressure of like, I need to deliver this on my own. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be the church for this person. Again, like that point earlier, mm -hmm. you're not the church, right? So do what you need to do to make it a comfortable situation. I think overall, whatever context makes sense that way. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, quick thing on the, you are not the church, which we are kind of just summarizing in those few words. Obviously we are all members of the 
of the church. So that's not what we're saying. It's just that you don't have to feel the pressure of representing the entire church. You're not just the magisterium. Cla- yeah, <laughs> no, just want to clarify that. Uh, it just popped into my head. Uh, number four, um, just the emotional context that this uh, conversation might be brought up in, right? Yeah. So again, um, you know, what is... If you have this conversation with the person, whether it's in a group situation or a one-on-one situation, um, whatever relationship you have with that person, how will that person feel on the receiving end? Yeah. Um, because in all of these different kind of settings, that all those settings won't matter if, you know, maybe the person's going to feel, maybe they will feel really embarrassed. Defensive. Maybe they'll feel defensive. Maybe they'll feel like it might open up wounds that they're not ready to speak to you yeah. about, right? Um, and and you know if you're gonna if they're gonna feel embarrassed or if the situation will escalate again, probably something that um, you it might not be the right time to have the conversation or just something to be aware about, right? Mm-hmm. I think overall, um, definitely, you know, I don't think I think oftentimes these conversations would be a little bit uh, tense and 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 and, uh, and very um, you know high strung a little bit. Um, so knowing that going in is also very helpful because, you know, I, I personally don't think that just because the other person's going to be a little or a little or even a lot embarrassed, that's something that's necessarily avoid if I can yeah. make sure they get my love. Great point. Right. So I think it's, it's really important again, to make sure you understand all of the different contexts, because this needs to be coming from a place of love, not a place of uh, holier than thou. kind of to our point, uh, last episode, I think it was right. Where, you know, are you doing this just to be yeah. the one who is Catholic? You know, yeah. uh, the or one are who you... is morally good, or exactly, right, or whatever. exactly, or are you doing this because, like, hey, I love you, I want the best for you, and I don't think what you're doing right now is the best. Um, and can we get you there, right? If you can make that clear, even if they're going to be embarrassed, you know, power to you. Yeah. If the embarrassment is going to over overcome all of that and kind of be the theme, then maybe rethink it. It's great that you linked that to our last episode of like, yeah, you know, just understanding your purpose and your intent. Yeah. Um, just to underscore your point again, you know, why are you saying this? Um, are you sure you're doing it out of love and are you sure it's, you're doing it out of love for the other person as well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as we wrap up, um, like I said, you know, I guess for me and Andrew, uh, you know, the side that we air on for this, right. Um, I think you probably, I, I realized as I was kind of going through these different factors and explaining them, I was like, well, this kind of feels like how I would be going through the different factors if I were in this situation. I think generally if I were in this kind of situation, I would weigh the whole relationship thing pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, again, again, you know, all these different factors, we probably even missed a few factors. Yeah. But all these different factors ha- uh, will probably have different weightings in like, you know, different situations or diff- uh, depending on who the person is. For me, I feel like in general, um, the relationship that I have with that person is really important. Yeah. To know that I have that door open and that they will trust me to have that conversation with them. Yeah. Uh, that they know that I'm doing it out of love for them. And I, I try to bring this into my workplace relationships actually, sure. where I, I, I'm just trying, I, it's weird, but like, I try to let the person know that I like, I am, I love them in yeah. a way. Um, you know, not romantically, but just through my, uh, I, I don't know how to describe this without going into examples this is why I'm struggling, but like just through my interactions with them, you know, whether I have one-on-ones with them, um, or even just guiding them through how to do a deliverable. Sure. Right. They always, I think they can say that they know I have their back. Yeah. Is what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I think having that relationship for me is really important and something that I would bank on uh, when, if I were to be in this kind of situation. Yeah, definitely. I think the same for me. Uh, overall, I would definitely err on whatever side 
builds the relationship first, mm-hmm. right? So I think like uh, you know as a preliminary thing, I would probably err on the side of like be utter charity. I, I will call you by the pronouns you're asking me to call you, right? Mm-hmm. The same way that if your name is Jonathan, you say I like to be called John. I'll call you John. Yeah, you know I'll build that relationship first. Um, I'm pretty openly Catholic in my in my life, in my work, and what have you. Um, you know we've talked about that before, and so what I found in my situation is really you know being unapolog- unapologetically Catholic but still being charitable and then just living my life, people come and talk to me about my faith yeah. and they, and they'll come yeah. and say like, Hey, you know, they might even just say like, Hey, why does the church hate on people like me so much? Yeah. And then just have a conversation about like, Hey, like if people are hating on you, they're saying it wrong yeah. kind of a thing. And just like affirming them in that and then having, and moving on from there, you know, those are the kinds of things I think that really make a huge difference is to your point with all of these factors, I kind of try and almost treat this less of a factors to consider about whether or not I'll talk about it, more of a criteria list so that we can have the conversation. Yeah. Right? I want all of these to be there because what's the point in me trying to dig up their deepest, darkest secret and make that the topic of conversation if I haven't shown them I can love them in other ways first? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, definitely, I'll focus first on building the relationship. And then from there, kind of just reach the whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. Throughout the episode, I guess, you know, we've zoomed in and out in terms of like different reminders that we've kind of popped in. Uh, and I think the last reminder that we'll, we'll bring in here is just that, you know, for us, you know, if you are in uh, people like me, if you are in, in like me and Andrew's shoes, basically, uh, you know, people who have kind of never had this struggle or anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who cannot truly understand what it's like to go through this kind of thing. Um, I think a good reminder for all of us is just that we shouldn't box these, box these people in, right? Yeah. We shouldn't relegate these people who are going through gender challenges. And, you know, we, we focused on this particular issue for a reason, just because this is really, if you, if you start zooming out more, you can get into a really big discussion yeah. uh, of the whole LGBTQ plus stuff and all those things. Um, but we shouldn't relegate these people who are going through gender challenges to just the one thing, yeah. like don't identify you know, Andrew or who or me, um, actually it's bad to use. Okay. Don't identify this person as just like, Oh, this person is having issues with their, with their gender. Right. Just remember that this is a brother or a sister in Christ. Let that be the initial point for you and let everything flow from there. You know, there's, this actually came up uh, recently, a retreat that, that I was attending and, and, um, you know, something really came to me that, that I realized, uh, with this whole kind of situation in general, that, um, really helped me, um, which is for whatever reason, oftentimes when this particular topic comes up, um, I think we assume that we need to bring salvation to this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to save you. Um, right. but, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the promise is that God has a salvific plan for us, mm-hmm. meaning this person came into our lives for our salvation too, right? So I think looking at it from that lens also really helps us to get out of that boxing people in kind of thing, right? Not a, you know you are this and let me do this to you. Let me save you. But more of a, your person has come into my life with a particular grace that will help me reach heaven. Yeah. What is that? Mm -hmm. And that will help you build that relationship as well. And hopefully kind of share back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a wrap for our episode today. Um, Now, before we do fully wrap it up, um, I I do want to throw out a quick PSA. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about a week before, but basically we have our Canadian federal election coming up. Uh, next week monday september 20th is election day i suspect by the time we get this episode up it'll be after all the advanced polling so that's unfortunate but just a quick reminder that you know uh it is actually our moral obligation uh to um 
go and vote. Um, you know, it's it's a big privilege. It's a big gift. It's a big blessing that we have the ability to, um, you know, speak our voice, right, um, in, in some small or big way. Uh, and, you know, you look at a lot of uh, circumstances and countries around the world yeah. uh, and you kind of reflect on how lucky it is that we can go to a voting station and be like, hey, we want... Um, we, we think this person should be should be leading our country. Yeah, um, a lot of history there, a lot of things and lives sacrificed for us to be Definitely. able to go and vote. Right. So, uh, just uh, bringing it into a Catholic context, I think um, something that I found useful just in the last couple of days uh, is a website called CatholicConscience.org. Uh, basically, this is uh, I think it's an independent kind of organization who has kind of consolidated all of the different platforms. Uh, and party, sorry, all of the different parties' platforms um, so that you can be more educated as a voter, uh, definitely within a Catholic context at the very least, because I'm sure you can get a lot of the other contexts, you know, in the news and in media. Mm-hmm. Um, but just on things like the sanctity of human life, on the stewardship of creation, you know, the common good and family, all of these different things, uh, this website, again, catholicconscience.org, and I will put it in the episode description, um, will help you. It's a really great resource uh, to help understand, you know, the different parties' uh, platforms and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and otherwise, if you if you were to go to the Archdiocese of Toronto website, um, I'm pretty sure you'll see it on their main page. If you want to uh, find more resources, so quick PSA: go vote. Make sure you do. If you're on the fence about whether or not you didn't want to go or whatever, this is kind of why we threw that in there. Just you know, we really think you should. Again, it's a moral obligation mm-hmm. um, and it's a gift. Um, so quick reminder on that. But other than that, uh, enjoy the rest of your couple weeks and you'll hear from us soon. Bye, everyone.